birds singing in the dead of night. Take these broken wings and learn to fly. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs and I'm here with Kath Smythe this morning from the Kyrie Hort Society. Good morning, Kath. Good morning. How's things going down at the Hort Society? Oh, it seems like we're overpopulated. We're busy. <laughs> there's all good. sorts of people coming in and it's been really interesting going back and forth yeah and there's a, a sort of a new per- not sort of a new person there is a new person <laughs> yes. at the helm of the Hort Society Natasha yeah and what's her title she is the executive director oh nice yeah we're yeah. Me- I think we're meeting this week aren't we or I think we are on this week or next Tuesday, week Tuesday I Tuesday. thought yeah I thought yes yes so uh, we're going to see uh, what's going on down there and see what Natasha and Kath have to say. Oh, there's lots of other people that have things to say. No, there. I bet. Yeah. I bet. But <laughs> I I'm, I'm only going to be with you guys right now for now to start with, and then we'll see. Yeah. Um, spring is definitely, you can feel it. Oh, you can. The I've, longer days. I've been touring garden centers. Nice. I know I have spring fever when I start walking into garden centers just because I drove past them. Yeah, no, I uh, <laughs> I always enjoy. I was in actually, uh, where was I this week? I was in North Carolina down in Charlotte, and it snowed when I was there. So really, yeah. Ooh. Everyone goes, oh, it must be warm. No, it was the, on Thursday. It was colder there than than in Calgary. It was only like plus three, hmm. and I think it was plus seven or eight that day. So. Anyways, and we got big heavy snow. Nothing, it didn't stick to the ground or nothing, but it, it was definitely snowing. It was like just coming down like crazy. Oh. But I did definitely go to a couple garden centers. Oh, yes. And uh, had a look around and, uh, yeah, always very similar to us, except they have all kinds of neem products, which makes me jealous because <laughs> neem is a great product. Um, the closest thing we have to replace the neem oil is pure spray green which has very similar characteristics and uh it it is a fungicide and a pesticide as well same as the neem oil and uh it's interesting and those are all just when you get into some of those uh government bureaucracies where they want so much money to re-register we lose a lot of good products like no damp there's there's quite a few that we've lost just because of the the money needed or that the government the wants the labeling yeah. and but yeah there has to be we're not all government subsidies and things like that where we can afford to do things we actually when we invest our money we have to make a return of investment what a weird thing right you have to pay Strange. people yeah <laughs> pay taxes and all the other fun stuff when we just don't have the population sometimes for the amount of money they're asking for on some of those things so um hopefully um one day the government uh will understand some of these uh, little things and look at uh, the proper way of uh, doing business with proper entrepreneurs and maybe get us involved a little bit so, and ask us. So how do they do spring down there in the garden center? What it, do they bring? Right now, it's full of uh, um, lots of pansies, snapdragons, and lots of the stuff that we cycle them in like crazy. That like we the, bring in in the springtime. Yeah. <laughs> Our springtime. Yeah. They, cyclamen is a big thing that they plant outside. They kind of have two springs, right? You have your early spring where you do all yes. your pansies, violas, cyclamen, cabbage, things like that over the winter. They didn't have petunias and stuff in yet. Um, a little bit. And then I think they, they're planting all the Haraboras, things like the leather perennials oh, yes. are like so similar to Vancouver. And then they go into their summer season. So what they'll yes. do is rip up a lot of when it gets too hot, 
for the pansies and things like that, they switch obviously to to some of the, the more warmer heat. weather, the yeah. heat tolerant things. Yeah, so similar to us, like with our petunias mm-hmm. and things like that. It's amazing how many annuals are very similar. Yes. As to us, which is, it's kind of interesting. Well, and they envy us our being ability, our things with fall planted bulbs that bloom in the springtime. Mm-hmm. So, But they there they get a lot of that too. All the trees are totally dormant right now. There's a few that still have leaves on them. Yes. But they're just starting to bloom. And it's still a little bit early for them. They usually start blooming in a couple of weeks down there as well. Yes. So if you are going to travel down to some of the lower states in the next... Uh, Three to six weeks is sort of when you start getting. T- then you if you get want to see some fever. blooms, yeah, <laughs> you want to see some stuff going like crazy. It's uh, it's a super interesting, very lush down there. Lots of trees, lots of paper products. The Georgia Pacific and all that's down in the in those areas. Atlanta down in North Carolina. Lots and lots of trees. Lots of pines. It's kind of interesting. Love it down down there. It's it's a nice area and. Easy place to be busy, though. Holy cow, it's booming like crazy. As much as I know they, they kind of hate Trump, but, man, every state down there is booming with stuff. It's it's crazy. So Well, they're busy. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're, they're doing business, right? Yeah. And unlike our government, who blocks business and they... Uh, they uh, go towards protesters and things like that, then that yes. seems to be more important than entrepreneurs and people that actually go to work. So, but that's, uh, again... Um, different mentalities, different different ways. It's different a, way of handling life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, catering to people that uh, do not cater to our own country, but it's crazy. Anyways, that's part of that deal. Is that your political statement for the day? For the t- for today, okay. I could probably go on a little longer, but probably won't. Brian says, "Nah, no." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't. I'd hate to be on the, the weekday shows. I'd be way too passionate. I get too excited. Yeah, my family and they know. Uh, I was just about. Yeah, Jaden, <laughs> Jaden, and Derek, and my wife Carolyn. If we start talking about Trudeau, man, sometimes I get so worked up, and I just gotta relax. Well, let's talk gardening and calm it down. Yeah, exactly. Let's, That's let's much. Go. Let's talk about some oyster shell. <laughs> oh, really? Where yeah. that? Oh, okay. I have oyster shell in my hedge. Can I cut it down? Or do I have to treat it after? And do I have to? It is It is recommended that you definitely, if it's really bad, I would definitely cut it right down to the ground, go down to that three to four inches, and uh, and remove, clean up really, really well. And then when it first starts coming up, you want to treat it weekly with Pure Spray Green up until about mid-July. Like, let let it come out. It'll, it'll, it'll be amazing how much it forced, like how much new growth you will get. And fertilize at that time and get a soaker hose. And those soaker hose that I speak of are the ones, I like the ones that just sweat. They look like they're sweating. Yeah, those are the best ones. Yeah, because they just let the water out nice. You're not wasting water. It gets in, goes slow and deep into your root system. And then fertilize, like even a 20-20-20, 15 30 any of those. 20-20-20 is great for hedges. It's just a good all-purpose um, and just, just water it in. You can also, um, you can do a granular. We have the Evolve Tree and Shrub one. You can use our Green It Up Lawn Fertilizer for that as well. Sprinkle on there. And But the biggest thing is is feeding and, and some moisture in the root system. But you'll be amazed at how fast it'll come up. And then every spring, and just after things leaf out, 
you want to treat it every couple of weeks with the pure spray green. That's what the professionals use, the, the, the arborists that are using their spraying for scale. They're using pure spray green. And it's been a product that's been around for a long time, and it just came into the retail market quite a few years ago. And uh, but it's 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 hard to get again. I end up buying a lot of it to have it because some one of the distributors quit bringing it in, and so it's but it's one that's actually made by Suncor. It's actually a Petro Canada product sort of thing. So it's a Canadian product, and it's it's awesome. It's a pharmaceutical grade mineral oil. And in the states, in the garden centers, it is it, it is it has. We were talking about the this. Is what got me on my political rant was the was the slash pesticide fungicide. In the states, they have that on the bottle where it says both. In Canada, they just need another million dollars to put the fungicide on, which they don't put it on because it's hard to justify again, as I said. So, but it still has the same characteristics as the one in the state. So it's, it can be used. It's, it's a great one. I love using it outside on nine barks, alpine currants, um, your ketoniasses for your scale, your willow trees for scale. Um, it, it works really, really, really quite well. And you're so. putting it on the nine bark for the for powdery, powdery mildew. mildew. Yep, yes. aphids. Same it, thing it, with yeah. the current, yeah. the powdery it, mildew. It looks after spider mites, aphids, mealybug. It's quite a great product, and uh, I, I wish it was um, <clears throat> used a bit more because it, it does work quite well, and uh, I know I recommend it a fair bit, so... Kind of cool. Anyways. <laughs> but cut, <clears throat> your, cut your hedge right down yep. and, and dispose of the branches in the black bin. Yeah, clean up really, really well. And Dwight sent us a picture of his three, oh, three weeks in hemp sense. He's, he's the one, he's testing my hemp product for me. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's growing cannabis in hemp. Cannabis plant is three weeks in hemp sense. Happy, I started two tomato seeds in hemp as well. Holy, look at that thing after three weeks in the hemp product. Yeah, no kidding. And look at those tomatoes. Yeah. Very nice. It looks, that looks good. Wow. Very nice, Dwight. And uh, I will get back to you. I know you texted me when I was gone. I was down in uh, in Carolina. So, but I'll chat with you this week and you can update me on your experiment. But looking good. Love the way the the hemp uh, works with the cannabis. And uh, and that's the reason I like it and not for the cannabis. It's just, it's going to create, there's a lot of biomass product left over from all our cannabis growing and our hemp growing that is happening here in Canada. And mm-hmm. if we can find a viable product at the end of the day that is from hemp or cannabis and we can use it in our gardening rather than ripping up peat bogs, I mean, like guys, like you could use it all over, like all our potting soil mixes. All our mixes, everything. And the water retention in it is supposed to be pretty it's good. It's really good. And it actually has a lot more trace elements than peat moss. It actually has a nitrogen element and things okay. like that. So it, it's it's really actually quite nice. When you come to the garden center on Tuesday, Kath, I'll give you a bag of it to try. <laughs> and uh, just remember, a big bag of dopey. Yeah, there I was just going to say, he's going to hand me this in, in a loud no, voice. It's in a, yeah, in a loud voice, he's going to say, here's your dope. Yeah. <laughs> Kath, your weekly, your weekly dope is here. Yeah. No, just, it's, in an, it's in a pelletized form a little bit, so it breaks apart really easy. And like I said, I've mixed it with... Um, grass seed. I, what I do is I get a bag oh. of the hemp seed or the hemp scents, 
and I pour in a bag of grass seed into the bag, and then I shake it, and I create my own lawn Your own fix. Lawn fix. Yeah. I've always recommended that you mix the soil with the seed if you're going to overseed. Yeah, so. it, but it works really good, and it's, I'll be honest, it's quite a bit less expensive than the the product that you're seeing that uh, when we carry it to the the shaken thing, the whatever shaken, it's called. Yeah. I can't remember the stuff you see at 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 Home Depots and Canadian Tires and all that other Lawn fun patch. stuff. Yeah, whatever yeah. it's called. It's uh, we carry it too. It, this it is this. Uh, it's a much nicer, and it just holds the the moisture really, really well. I pack in, you water it, and I was just amazed at how fast it filled in um, some of the dead spots and things like that. So I I always think hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, and here we have. I had I had an elderly lady tell me that I could sprinkle cold ashes from my wood stove on cabbage and cauliflower. What do you think? Kath, do you have any thoughts on that one? Just depends on the type of wood you're burning. You have to be careful with certain wood that you're clean wood and it hasn't been treated with anything. But I know that for years, my grandpa and my mother put it on their cabbages and cauliflowers. And what, what is the, what is the thought process? What is it behind the thing is the cabbage whites, the moths, the little green caterpillar you get on it. Okay. And it does help to keep that population. It's very gritty, so they lay their eggs and the eggs hatch and, and get perforated by the cool. ash. So it cool. does work to a point. All right. Well, I'm just going to, I think we should probably just take a break and then when we get back, we'll chat uh, with a couple ladies on the line here. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Prune It Up, Calgary's trusted ISA certified tree care company. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And as on every Sunday when Brian's here, we have a theme going, and I think I already got it. And, uh, and, uh, but if if you have a, if you have a thought on what you think the theme is, um, let us know. Give us a call. You just want the answer. No, I know it. Oh. Hey, Brian? Huh? I think that's it. But <laughs> I don't know why. Who knows what goes on in your head? I can't figure all that out. Come on. Actually, we're going to go. Mary was in line, but actually, we have a special guest calling all the way down from Costa Rica. Good morning, Joanna. <laughs> Good morning. Hello, hello. How are you? <laughs> Great. They so, say in Costa Rica, a uh, common phrase is pura vida, which means pure life. So that's how people greet each other. So put a that to you guys, yeah. to all the listeners. <laughs> pure, pure life. So pure you're, life. Yeah. You're you're enjoying a uh, a real life terrarium down there. <laughs> I, I I don't know if you can hear the birds in the background. It it doesn't stop. We're in the jungle. We're um in this beautiful town called La uh, Playa Ballena, which yeah. means uh well we're right by this beach called the Whale's Tail. So this beautiful little isthmus that goes out and it spreads in two directions and it looks like a whale's tail. Awesome. And I am standing under a banana plant with bananas ripening right over my head next to our friend's pineapple garden. Um, yeah, we're surrounded by flora and fauna constantly, whether so, we like it or not. <laughs> yeah, so, Joanna, when you're like in the jungles there, I, like I know how how the tropical plant 
um, theme has taken over North America. Yeah. And, uh, but a lot of it all comes from places like Costa Rica. People go through the jungles. They take cuttings. They take seeds. They do. do. There's orchids. There's um, beautiful epiphyte-type plants here. Um, You just basically stick a stick in the ground, and it will grow. (laughs) (laughs) It's so lush. And right now, Costa Rica's in their dry season, so this would technically be their summer, and they're not even in the middle of it yet. It's really hot, really dry. But for North American standards, it's so lush. It's so green. I just, there's even, I've, t- I've dubbed it the green hour. Like right before dusk, everything wow. calms down. And it's like a zillion shades of green you've never seen before. And it's just, even the air kind of gets lush and heavy and green. And uh, it's, it's just it's, it's everything is alive. Awesome, it's so beautiful. I yeah. just wanted like, is there like little mini garden centers down there? Or? Yeah, there are. You know what? Of course, I have my keen eye to all <laughs> yeah. the businesses here, and I see all these beautiful properties. Even like locals do their own, obviously, right? Yeah, they're of they're looking after their budget, and and they just they they know what grows really well here. And then there's folks who come with a second home or a vacation home, and I did see a sign yesterday. I was wondering about. You know, how does landscaping work here? How does garden maintenance go? And, of course, there's groundkeepers, but the term landscaping is fairly new. So to make a living making making beautiful gardens is definitely like a higher-end service. Yeah. But it's it's here and along the coast for sure. And I would say um, nicer neighborhoods in the cities um, definitely have groundskeepers and keep everything um, really tame because along with the plant life, you get a lot of animal life. And some of that is can be scary. Oh, yeah, <laughs> when no, you for have sure. Army ants or leafcutter ants or snakes, spiders, that kind of thing. So a lot of folks um, that want to keep their property really maintained, they'll keep the grass cut super short. And Do they still the, have those lizards? They still have those lizards. So we actually, our friend's place here, he's got a bunch of lumber drying, oh. and he has a resident lizard in the wood pile. And he says, which I love, this made me feel more at ease. He said, Good. I love to see that lizard because it means there's no snakes. If yes, the lizard that's... goes, then yeah. you know it's been eaten by something. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good sign. Like it's, you're kind of surrounded by the the circle of life here. Like if you... If you see a small thing, you know a bigger thing is going to come and eat that small thing, and it just keeps going in that way. So Yeah, but nothing would eat those lizards in my mind after seeing them eat a snake. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's, we've seen iguanas, we've seen geckos, chameleons, yes. all kinds of beautiful Well, it's so interesting there. So what kind of veggies yeah. would the, a local grow? Like this? Um, yeah, awesome. We were just at a farmer's market yesterday, and, and the the country here really embraces really good, healthy food because it's a land of plenty, right? You can grow anything. So we picked up um, we picked up kale, uh, fresh curly green lettuce, uh, radishes, cucumbers, tomatoes, um, peppers. I saw eggplant for the first time yesterday. Hadn't seen that one yet. Tons and tons of fresh fruit I'm still learning the names of. I don't even know what all these fruits are. Um, but I just go in like with taste tester mentality. I'll try it. If it's yeah. new, I'll try it. Um, beets, uh, carrots, there's potatoes, there's a zillion different other kinds of root vegetables. Yucca, um, which is like cassava, I guess. The oh, yeah. root veggie. Yeah, just um, really like, and at my mom's place, she grows cacao, so oh, raw no, chocolate. I, I know we're running out of time here, but I'm just going to ask, yeah. did you, uh, is your mom still roasting her own coffee? I remember you were mentioning she or somebody. She is. 
Yeah, and how we've was enjoyed that? we've enjoyed a lot of really date tasty home roasted coffee. It's been so nice. It's such a treat. All yeah. right. Oh. Well, you can just you can <laughs> yeah. bring a little bag back for me. I will. Do. I will right. for sure. I have gifts to share. All right, Joanna. <laughs> All yeah. right, Joanne, thanks for calling. Enjoy. Yeah, and my uh, we got lots of clients waiting for you, so uh, Good, hurry back. I can't wait. Awesome. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thanks, See you Joanna. Bye bye. All right. Thanks to Joanna for joining us from Costa Rica. So you can listen anywhere in the world to Let's Talk Gardening. And uh, we got to take a quick break. You're listening to us on 770 CHQR. Back to Let's Talk Gardening, and uh, has anybody else uh, sent in what they think it is this week? After, so if you're wondering what the theme is, let us know what you think, and I'll let you know if you, if you right now you don't win nothing. You're just a just the thrill of victory. It's the challenge. It's the, the challenge. Remember, you said wild the wild world of sports on Saturday. They had that big theme thing, and then it always says the thrill of victory. This sort of had a flashback. <laughs> In a good way. <laughs> Not one of those bad flashbacks. Never good. Okay, let's go all the way down to to Costa Rica. Now we're going to go not quite as far south, but we're going to go down to High River and see what Mary's doing. Good morning, Mary. Hello. Hello. I'm in La La Land. Yeah, I see you're in a terrarium. Joanne. Yeah, Joanna's in Costa Rica. Yes. There you go. Anyway, and Brian... He's keeping us all on our toes. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, guess, I can't put a name to it, but my cat likes the music because I'm dancing with her. <laughs> but you'll you'll notice there's a theme to each song. So. Yes, I know. <laughs> all right, so what's going on? And you're supposed to guess it. Yes. Or I, you know I, I, it I know Brian it. probably told you. Actually, I guess what it was, but I didn't know exactly why. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I was down to see you. I heard. You yeah, went J- for lunch. Yeah, Jaden said you were you were yeah, there. Yeah, I had a good visit with her. Nice. Yeah, she's doing great. Yeah. Anyway, I got my birdhouse. Did you? Which one did you get? Oh, are they ever nice? Yeah. And, and you can clean them out in the bottom. Yeah, that's the way you're supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. Well, some of them you can't. Yeah, those are the ones yeah. that are more just. Um, is she? They're handmade. Yes, we have a couple Gee, lo- local. Good. Yeah, yeah lo- they're really well built. Yeah, a couple lo- local gentlemen just on the east side of Calgary. They build them for us, and yeah, uh, they're really good. I like them. Yeah, yeah, they're really, really, and they're not too. Too overpriced. I no, didn't they, have to sell the farm. No, for local guys, and that's it's always hard. And a lot of people ask me, go try. Well, how come you don't have more local? Pro, or you? Try? And it, it is tough, right? By the time you pay, and if some people try to figure out what some people get paid to make something, a lot of people aren't willing to pay. So these guys, they got it figured out. They have a great little production line, yeah. and they do a great job. And. And there's enough in it for all well, of us. Well, it's good that it stays in Alberta. Absolutely. You and know, we, in Canada, here and right here. Because, I, I definitely you know, try everything to, else has to come from J.A. Penn or well, whatever. It's, it's, C-H-I-N-A and what it is, or it's, whatever. And all this train stuff, and I'm not going to go on a political thing, but it's it can start affecting our stuff. Like, I do have a container coming from Asia with a whole bunch of our pots and a lot of our grower supplies and things of like that come from Holland and different places. Oh, well, and, that Holland's a good joint. Yeah, and this is, it's all going to start <laughs> affecting us here if those... Isn't that right, Cass? Yes. Yeah, a good I joint. Mean, what did we, you mean by we that? We do come from a, a load of gardeners. 
<laughs> yeah, maybe we're full of la la land like you two were. Here's your dope. Yeah. <laughs> well, Amsterdam in Holland, that's one of those places <laughs> no, you can smoke it on the street that corner. That is not my bag. <laughs> no way. I have a hard enough time hauling 50-pound pumpkins out of my garden if I was in la-la land. (laughs) And anyway, to answer your question on putting um, ash, yeah, yeah, you're right, Cass, it can't be treated. My dad always used to put it to kill uh, the bugs in the ground by the cabbage, and then it kills, it also kills potato uh, bugs. Yes, yes, but you have to be careful because if it's treated wood, it's been treated with arsenic. Yeah, well, ours was all all, uh, um, coal, you know, coal ash, and and, and just uh, 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 done, you know, old boards and stuff. Nothing was treated in my day. Yes. That's no, what my grandma and grandpa up. said. <laughs> <laughs> we we got treated pretty good. We yes. got fed anyway. That's right. <laughs> but I have a question. Uh, terrarium. I'm looking at all of yours, yep. and I don't grow plants in it, but I've got all these cute little rocks and things. So I put them in bowls. Now, the water in there, I've just been putting rainwater and a little bit of that flora stuff that you get from flowers. Yep. Is that good enough? And I just cut orchids and put them inside there. They're nice. Oh, you mean like you're using it like a vase. Like a rose bowl. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. No, that works really quite well. Yeah. Now, is that good? Yeah. And you don't put too much water. Yep. No. Yeah. No. And, and you just let the, the cut orchids sit in there. They're pretty nice. I got second growth orchids. They're oh, they're so beautiful. I know. I'm finally getting in my kitchen. Yeah, you're getting some nice ones. Yeah, I've got quite a few in the store. But I, one I have at home. Yeah, they it's, were. Yeah, it sent out two babies. The one I got at home, but I've been waiting for it to get roots coming well, off the come. bottom. Yeah, and it just started, so I moved them right in the bright sun. Yeah, well, I put mine in the kitchen window, and they get that lovely east morning sun. Nice, and then maybe your kitchen light on, you know, uh, for a while, but not all night, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just gorgeous. Well, they are. I just love them. I got limey green ones and yellow ones and and beautiful pink ones (laughs) with dark centers. Gorgeous. I'm just really happy. Enjoy the flowers. Well, I have to have flowers. That's right. And that floral life is very good for prolonging the flower. Yeah, yeah. And then it doesn't go smelly wrong. I was just going to say, and then the smell factor is gone. Yeah. Every once in a while, clean the rocks. Yeah. yeah. Well, I took them out and, and, and washed them. Oh, good. Really, really good in good clean water and then just uh, dried them good, you know, in a sieve. Good. Yeah. Good. Anyway, take All right. care. Thanks, Mary. Enjoy your, yeah, and I enjoy Jaden. She, she's sweet. She's a good kid. Yeah, she's better than Dad. Uh, probably a little <laughs> he, bit. He left. He left. <laughs> oh, he's gone. She has to stay all day. He's gone. <laughs> gotta keep him, gotta keep him working to keep him out of trouble. See you, Mary. Bye-bye. Yeah, goodbye. All right. And to keep us out of trouble, we better take another quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
talk gardening, and we've had a few people guess um, on the on the theme of the day, and it's birds because February twenty third to twenty eighth is National Bird Health Awareness Week. So um, make sure you get out there, give them a little treat, get them some of those sunflower kernels or nice fresh water, just some nice nuts to eat, some some good for the birds, and. It's all good. It's all good. Let's go to Myrna. Good morning, Myrna. Good morning, Merle and Kath. Morning. I got it right this time. <laughs> yes, how are you? <laughs> good, thank you. Um, you know, um, my uh, begonias are out, and they are fine. What I'm phoning for is for my friend's begonia bulb. Okay. Um, she didn't listen to me. She just did whatever experiment she did. So she put <laughs> begonia bulbs in shallow cartons and just put paper on them. Yeah. So, but what ha- And then she put them beside the washing machine. What happened was they had growth. They never went to sleep. They have like about six, three inches to six inches growth on them. Yeah. So what's she going to do now? And are they the what are they the big tuberous begonias? Yes, the yes, the 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 bar, bar, bulbs. Yeah, they look like a, they look like a deflated um grow thing, right? Like they yeah. kind of big dent in the middle. Hello? Yeah, they look like they have a dent in the middle like I'm just wondering if the if it's the fibrous one with multi stem or is it just the one with the big big center stem trunk? They have a big center stems but they have like about three or four growths on them little so what i would do is i would take those and i'd transplant them into like a six or an eight inch pot Mm-hmm. And just get them to concentrate more on the roots because if you put them in nice new soil, that'll help slow them down a bit, and and then just get them out of the real bright light. Like just put them into the cooler spot you can find in the house, not real cool or or totally shady. But begonias can take a little more shade, but you just want to slow it down a bit because otherwise they get really too. And those ones you can't cut back; like they're not one that you can trim. You, so you can't take those growth out. Well, not until you start seeing multi-stem, like a little higher up, then you can. But it has to get up and branch off before you can do it. Otherwise, they're just one big, like they're just... They're the, just a water shoot. Yeah. And they're they're reaching for the whatever the light might have been. Yeah. So if you try to take, just take the cutting or take a piece off the bulb, they're not going to root. But if they get up a bit higher, you can start pinching them back and they'll start to form stems and branches. And then you could start taking cuttings and have 10 bulbs instead of one. No, these are already the, the bulbs. Oh, like yes, they- yes. But if you restart some of the cuttings off of it... As they start to grow upward, they'll start to, if you pinch out some of the newer growth, yeah. they'll start to fill in and they'll start to slow down. Okay, so you we can take those growth out. Yes. Yeah. Once yes. you start getting a multiple, just on the first one, you can't do it until it starts to branch off. And then you can break it off just above one of the one of the nodes. But you have to let it get up a couple before you can do that. Does that make sense? Okay. We'll try that. Yeah, you just but I would transplant it, get it into some nice soil, um, slow it down, get it so it's a cooler spot, yes. um, and this to slow it down, concentrate a little bit more on the roots, and uh, and go from there. Okay, thank you Thanks, so Myrna. much. Thanks, Myrna. Bye bye. Bye bye. 
And if you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open at 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And uh, with these brighter days, it is definitely time to, to look at getting some of your seeds started. We're heading into March. And I was thinking about, I see all these posts and different things where it says it's the 26 days or something to the first day of spring. But people don't realize in Calgary, we still have two months after the first day of spring before we can put stuff out, which is kind of crazy, eh? When you think about it, two months after the first day of spring. That means my dining room table will never be free of anything. So. But now is the time to really, if you want to start looking at getting your seeds going, it's getting like the March is... And the begonia bulbs will be in soon. Yep. Begonia, the caladium bulbs, a lot of the bigger ones. The uh, canna lilies. Yep. They'll be in. So, and that sort of becomes where I I find that uh, it really just takes off springtime is uh, sort of when we now get into March, you get those longer days. It's after six o'clock. It's still daylight. Yeah. Um, are you, have you started any seed yet, Kath? Or? Well, I started uh, my tobacco plants that I got from Dwight and they're up a bit. And I started, I'm kind of on a new thing about a few of the plants, uh, old fashioned plants that I want to try. So once I got the tobacco plants, I went back to the store and I bought some more flowers. So awesome. I have some. And Dwight sent in some pictures. Um, just absolutely gorgeous. Um, Koshiana. Yeah. This is his tobacco plants. Yes. And, but they have a gorgeous pink trumpet flower. Um, beautiful. And, and beautiful. they're fragrant. Yeah. They're, Do they smell like tobacco or they smell like... They are fragrant. They have a really distinct fragrance to them. It's not tobacco. It's just a uh, really pretty fra- they fragrance. They look so good. Anyways, let's go. Actually, we should probably just take a break and then when we get back, we'll chat with Diane. We're going to talk about some cuttings. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening and uh, loving the bird theme today as it is Bird Awareness, Health Awareness Week for the birds. So always good to know if you're looking up. But we did have a question um, regarding sparrows. This um, um, text person, not sure if it was a, a female or a, or a guy, is just having a problem about 80 house sparrows congregating in my backyard. They're killing my cedars. The stench of droppings is gross. They're even going after her. Um, cactus patch. I suggested one of the wobbly heads owls that you put out. Um, I've had them in a couple houses where I've had them and they've worked, but Kath mentioned uh, if you're a cheerleader, you might have some of those. Uh, cheerleader pom-poms, the tinfoily ones, and you put them on the end of about a two-foot stick and you just hang them off and they blow in the wind and they they make a rattling sound and it disturbs the heck out of them and there's many layers to it. And you just move the sticks around and it'll get it. And as for them being in your cedar, yeah, they're going to cause some poop damage. So, But all cedars are kind of right now we're going through that phase, phase where they where kind of browning. look. Yeah. So yeah. Don't, don't be too aware um, or too worried. Snow, har- snow farm, any snow you have around cedars and all your evergreens at this and all your actually your plants right now, if you have any extra snow around, because as we go into the melt here, any of that moisture goes into the ground is going to be beneficial for when the foliage starts taking off. But right now we're going to go to the phone lines and 
chat with Diane. Good morning, Diane. Hi. How can we help you? I wondered about taking cuttings from geraniums to okay. start them. Uh, I haven't done it before, okay. so I'm not sure. Do do I let the ends dry on them before? It is is best. So you have some stock plants that you carried over from last last summer. Yeah. Okay. Is it is there lots of new growth on the tops of them? So is it all the sort of the fresh new growth? Well, or? I have one that I started from seed last year. Okay. And it's three feet tall. Wow. Wow. And uh, I found three spots where I could take cuttings. Yeah, so you want to do it at the top, and you sort of want to. You want it to be maybe as long as your pinky finger or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I've cut them about that long. Yeah, and you can leave them callous for it for overnight, and then dip them into a rooting hormone. And what I like to do is I like to leave on two or three sets of leaves, and I pull off any of the little blooms or or blossoms. Yeah. And uh, and then I just rub my fingers up and down the stem to remove any of the excess foliage or anything that might be on the stem, you know? Yeah. And uh, so do that, dip it into that, and right into soil, um, keep it moist, and within a couple of weeks you should start seeing some roots going pretty quickly. They're, they're actually quite easy to root up, so... And with okay. the rooting hormone, you want to make sure that you just get it on the base of the cutting. You don't go all the way up the stem. You want it to root from that base, so you stick it in. Yeah, I use a pencil, and I stick the hole in, and then once I've dusted the base of the cutting, I stick it in and just firm the soil around it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and then just keep it moist. And you don't have to cover it. If you want to cover it with a little glass dome, that helps as well. But really, you don't need to. And just don't leave on too many leaves. Like I said, two or three sets of leaves is lots. Um, and then you're good to go. Yeah, I've got a little greenhouse thing. Oh, nice. With a grow light. Yep. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yep, that'll work good. If you have any heat from underneath, works good as well. Um, set them on top of the fridge or something like that, just to lower heat. Or if you have a heat mat, that definitely helps as yeah, well. Yeah, I have a heat mat. That works perfect. Yeah, put a little heat from the bottom. And it doesn't take long. So, And that, it's a good time to even out the rest of your geranium. So when you take your cuttings... Um, I would take a third off the rest of the plant, too, and just kind of even it up. Yeah. And oh, then... I took some from from different colors. Oh, nice. Yeah, because I've got, I've got like, uh, 10 geraniums from last year. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. So do that maybe. Have you ever done a multicolor pot? So if you get two or three of them, go and put three into one, like an 8 or a 10-inch pot. And it actually looks really quite nice because then you get a multicolored geranium going. Yeah. <laughs> And I was wondering about Martha Washington geraniums. Yeah. I've never been able to start them. They, they are a little tougher to go. Um, they, they get quite sensitive to if they get too wet, um, and they get fungus really quite easy, like powdery mildew and, and the rot. And yeah. You, you got your radio going in the back, so it might be a little bit harder for you as well. I can, yeah. <laughs> Um, no, that's the TV. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, but, yeah, the Martha Watch is a little bit harder. Again, just pull off any of the blooms, leave on one or two sets of leaves, and, and but you should be able to. I've done it before, but we definitely had a less success rate. Like usually it's 95% with a regular zonal geranium, and I was down probably in the 50%, 60% with the Martha Washington. I yeah. found they, rooted, they, they got the fungus a little bit too, too easily. Yeah, I love Martha Washingtons, but I find them really hard to grow. Yeah, you just got they love a nice hot location and they don't like to be too wet. That's the one That's big the thing. That's the trick is the water. Get keeping yeah. the water off the foliage as well. They don't really like that. They like to be watered like just into the soil. Yeah. 
All right. Okay. Thanks, Marie. Well, I'll try right, that sorry, to get, get these geraniums going. <laughs> yeah, okay, now's the time. You. And just, you, want, you want to use number one um, rooting hormone right now. It's for the softwood. Okay. All right? Okay, thank, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And uh, there's lots of plants, and we'll just talk a little bit before the break, but there's lots of plants right now that if you have some plants from last year, like fuchsias, your vincas, geraniums, um, to start doing cuttings. I've already started, except I pulled one out that I completely forgot was in the corner in the basement, and it's stretched up, and it's got little tiny green leaves at the end of the branches. So I had to do a little ruthless pruning, which bothers me, but they're already leafing out better. Oh, Um, and here's another question about birds. I put out bird food for the birds. How do I keep the pesky magpies um, from eating all? A lot of it is the type of feeder you have um, will will definitely make a difference. Um, Try and find one that, but the magpies are a smart bird. They can figure some stuff out. Get one of the ones that's real heavy. Um, or one that it activates when they when a bigger bird steps on it, it closes the the feed mechanism. So that way, you're just feeding the little birds. I know we have those ones at the store. So, and we got to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back. To Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs and Kath Smythe is joining me from the Cowrie Hort Society. And we have Shirley on the line. We're going to talk about some birds, I think. Good morning, Shirley. Yes, good morning. How, um, how can we help you? about watering birds before, yep. and uh, I found that, you know, those heavy ceramic pots that have the tray, I use the trays off of them, and I've used them for years. Um, I put water in them for the birds, and they can freeze. And uh, if you thaw them out or when we get a Chinook, I just yep. them up and they drain, and uh, they work perfect. And I've used them for years. They can freeze solid, and um, I can see them while I'm having my morning coffee, having a bath. Sometimes I have to fill them a couple times, but... Um, they're great to use yeah. for anybody that's looking for bird baths. No, that's good. And you just don't want it too deep. And if it is a little bit deeper, you just want to make sure you put a rock or two in it. Then they can just sort of stand on the rock and and feed the and they can drink the water that way. Um, we've had people suggest even the the heated dog bowls or the <laughs> heated there's heated bird baths. Um, it, it is hard though when, like you were saying, um, when the weather gets below the the minus uh, three or four, then they freezes solid, and then you gotta either knock the ice out and refill it every so often yeah. with some fresh water every couple hours. So, but it's nice to see them, eh? and they enjoy it, don't they, Shirley? Yes, but I'm just saying those little trays yeah. aren't that deep, and if you if you get the ones that don't have too wide of a lip, yeah. It's- Perfect, like, uh, and if they freeze solid, you can bring them in if you want and thaw them out. But mostly I just just let them freeze for a while and tip them sideways or put water in them and the ice floats to the top and then you can dump it out. Nice. But I just thought people would like to know that. That's a great one. No, always, always great tips. And uh, if we help them out a little bit with a little bit of, and obviously when it starts melting like we've had the last couple of days, it's, uh, there's a little more water around. But, and, uh, so but it certainly brings the birds in, that's for sure. 
Yeah. Awesome. That's what I was calling about. I just thought it was a little hint for some yeah, of them it there. It's a good one. I like the idea that you're also going out and putting fresh water in because it's just shallow. Yeah. And that's good. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Sam. Thank thanks, you so Shirley. much. Bye, Shirley. Bye. Bye-bye. And let's go to Marie. Good morning, Marie. Hi, Marie. <laughs> Hello. She wants to talk about her lemon plant. And, Kath, my lemon. Hi, Marie. (laughs) Hi, Marie. Good morning, Merle and Kath. How are you? Great. How about you? Good, good. How can we help you? Well, you notice the coloring on the leaves? Yes. I I emailed it. Yeah, it looks like it might be because you have that pot sitting in another pot. When you water, do you take it out of the other pot? No, No, but I've got chunks of wood to keep it up. It's okay. From the, from the bottom. Ah. Okay. It just looks like it. That's a bit of a fungus, and maybe um, it, it looks like it could need a bit. Do you ever feed it, or have you fed it? Yeah, yeah. I use um, orchid food. Okay. I would probably switch to something a little bit different um, for the lemon. I would and, probably. And, and I do use Rage Plus once a month. I don't know if that's can, an overkill. It it, it is because you can only if you're using Rage, you can't use a synthetic fertilizer. Okay. Um, it, the Rage it'll it'll it makes it not work as well if you're trying to mix the two. Okay. Um, so what I would do, in, if possible, and it looks like it's in a pretty sunny spot. Mm-hmm. Um, let it dry out in between waterings, and it just looks. Um, and also, just check underneath. It looks like it might also have spider mite. Oh. Um, when sometimes when I see the leaves concaving like that, it could be they're getting some of the stuff sucked out of the bottom or thrip. So just uh, and they're really small, so they're hard to see both of those. So you just need a magnifying glass. Or you can run your fingers under the under the leaf, and it'll feel gritty, okay. and that's usually an indicator that you have spider mite on it. Okay, and then just use the. Green and yeah, Spears, Pure Spray Green works great on it. Um, but I would switch fertilizer. I'd probably go to a 30-10-10. Okay. Um, they just like a little more. They like the more nitrogen, more acidic, uh, and they like that for the growth. But you are coming out of the citrus. Like, a lot of the citrus right now don't look great if they've wintered over in Calgary, and they're just starting to, with the longer days now, they're really starting to take off. Mm-hmm. So okay. you should hopefully see a little bit of a better situation there. Thanks so much. All right. Okay, Thanks. Bye. Thanks, bye-bye. Marie. Bye-bye. And if you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open. You can call us at 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And we just had a question. Um, um, we have one of our callers had switched over from uh, box store type food to the good food. And she's having a little bit of issue with them adjusting there. She goes, they don't seem to like it quite as much. Um, It will take a bit of time because you're introducing a new feed. So a lot of the other ones, you don't have a lot of the, it'll start attracting certain birds. So you should hopefully start seeing some um, fairly soon. And it usually took, and I had the same thing. It took a, I'm like, don't they like what I just put out? I just spent all this money. (laughs) uh, But it just took a bit of time before you know it. Uh, you diet. Yeah, and you don't yeah. get the big, big clusters, and that's what I, I kind of like about it, is you just get more of more selective type birds. So give it a little bit of time. Hopefully let me know how it goes next week, and uh, hopefully you get a few more birds coming in and going after that. And, and here we go. Can I put 
marijuana transplant outside at the end of May, similar to a tomato plant. Would that work out? Um, you, you definitely can put them outside. Um, I don't know. You won't get the same lighting effect um, to get them into that full bud, but they'll definitely grow outside um, and do their thing. But you're not. There's certain things that you need to get them in the light and the darkness to get the full bud. Um, but if you put it out by the end of May, you're getting the equal day and the equal night almost. Yeah, and it should be close. That should be close. And it will force them into a flower faster, I find, and the air circulation is good for them. Oh, no, they love the air circulation. Yes. Um, like put, them in a, put them in the nice hot spot, though. Like treat them like a tomato, a bigger, larger black pot, um, the good soil. Um, and just make sure it's not too small of a pot when you get it outside because a lot of people underestimate how warm Calgary is and how strong our sun is. If you have it out in the full sun, it's amazing how fast um, the soil can dry out here. Exactly. And we've got to remember we have some of the cleanest skies in the world. So it, you know, when the sun shines, it's hot and it's really close. Yeah. And, uh, and Dwight, if you maybe want to send me a text or, or call me, talk about um, if what your experience is, if you've ever put any of the um, cannabis ones outside, um, and the reason I refer to um, Dwight a fair bit, um, he's a, he, he does it. Dis, he, I find I have lots of guys I talk to about how they grow it. Yeah. His is he keeps it fairly simple. He uses regular like the fifteen thirty fifteen the twenty twenty twenties the regular fertilizers. He tries to do it without some of the fancier stuff. So I kind of I kind of like that. And he and some of the pictures I've seen, he has great success. So I I kind of take it um, because I find with the um, some of the cannabis programs, the feeding programs, they have 10 bottles. I know, and they've it, got a, like, it's like taking temperatures it, and... It, it just takes the fun out of it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll just go down to the co-op and buy it or whatever you're going to, whatever, you know? Like, yes. It's, at that point. And, uh, but I think you got to, sometimes as they say, keep it simple and it, it uh, will usually work out a little bit better for you. But let's go to Henrietta. Good morning, Henrietta. Good morning. You're not growing cannabis, you're growing amaryllis. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I sent you that lovely picture, oh, I don't know, somewhere in uh, November or whatever, because I had an amaryllis that had two stems, and yeah. one of them had six blooms on it, one of them had the four. Yes. Um, so the, the six bloom, because it was early, I cut it off, and then the... Because because it was ugly while the other one was blooming, right? Mm-hmm. But the four one I left, and it developed a seed pod. Ooh. Oh, neat. So my question is, do you think I can try growing those seeds? And yeah. how would I? Absolutely, you can grow them, but it'll take it about four years to get to the bulb stage. But they're really interesting to watch grow. Okay, uh, and that's what I was kind of thinking. I knew I wouldn't get uh, immediate flower results, but yes. uh, w- how would I go but about... They, when you open the seed pod, you're going to find 10 or 12 seeds, uh-huh. and you're just going to let them dry out and separate out of the seed pod. Okay. So then you're going to get a seed seeding tray like you would, you know, you start your bedding plants yeah. or something like that. You're going to seed them onto that, and don't don't lay stand them up because they look like they should be stood up but they're a flat seed so you're going to lay them on the top of the seed tray and then just lightly cover them with soil because they're not a big deep seed right and it'll take them oh probably 10 weeks to root to put the root down 
And once they do that and you get ready to transplant them, you're going to lift them up and they'll start their leaves and they'll come out at the sides and you want to make sure the leaves are upright so that it'll grow properly in that direction. And I'd only move them to about a three to four inch pot. Okay. Once they leaf out and you're going to have to fertilize, but you've got to wait until they've formed the leaves and they're up and growing at least two sets of leaves. Okay. And um, temperature-wise for seeding, like for well, the first Well, the, they want the soil to be warm. They want to be on the warm side. You don't bottom heat them. You want them to be in a warm room. However, I have been known to start seeds on the top of my refrigerator because it's okay. always so warm up there. And they like that, and they will germinate best in in no sun, no extra lighting. So they do germinate better in darkness. So actually, I have a fridge in a laundry room that's a north exposure that doesn't have super light. It might Perfect. not be a bad spot. Might right? not be a bad spot, and you can watch them. And once they start to move and start to grow, then you move them out into the light. Okay. Okay. All righty. All right. Thank keep, you. keep us posted how that goes, Henrietta. I'd be curious right. to see how that uh, how that comes along. Well, I thought it might be a nice experiment. Well, they are fun to watch grow. They really are an exercise in patience in gardening. <laughs> and what you want to, in the fertilizer is probably just use the 15, 30, 50, and you'll want to stick something with the higher middle number for the most part because it's developing the bulb, yeah. which is okay. part of the roots and stuff like that. Exactly. All right. Exactly. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks Henrietta. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. We got actually 18. We should probably just take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Prune It Up, Calories Trusted, ISA certified tree care company. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And uh, flying into springtime as uh, it goes by quite quickly here. And let's go to Anna. Good good morning, Anna. Anna Marie. Oh, good morning. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. But I'm having a problem with my purple passion vine. Yes. I'm trying to, it's gotten quite big, so I'm trying to do some starts off of it. Yeah. And they keep dying. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. They're in a, an extruded pellet uh, seeding tray mm-hmm. on a um, hot mat or a seed mat with a humidifier, like a humid. It, it could be. Zone. I think you got too much heat and too much going on. Like once they get up. Um, I'm not even getting that. They're drying up and dying. Like, but are they sprout? Like they're germinating and coming up? No. Nothing. Nothing. I, I think I've got maybe a 25% survival rate. Um, the rest are gone. Kath, any suggestions on... Um, when you're taking your cuttings, you're taking cuttings, or are you starting them from seed? I wasn't... Cuttings. Oh, okay. Yeah, the velvet plant, Janura, has, the purple passion, rather. I'm sorry, I just was looking at something else. The purple passion has a very strong woody stem when it's getting going. Right. And where you're taking the cuttings, and this is one of those ones that needs a different rooting hormone than number one, or no, it needs a number two. Oh, okay, because I've been using the wrong rooting hormone then. Yes, and and then the other part of it is that where the leaf joins the stem, where you take right. your cuttings, you want four or five sets of leaves. 
and right. I personally prefer to go four. And the fourth one at the very bottom, I just pull the leaf off. And here again, you just run it, run your fingers over it, make sure you get all the extra leafing off of it. Right. And you put it in the rooting hormone. But first, you want to let it dry for about two hours. You want to let that um, cut heal. Right. And when you take the cutting, are you using a knife or a pair of scissors? A scalpel. Oh, perfect. Okay, because yeah, that's uh, precise. Whoa, that's pretty good. <laughs> but you d- and then the pellet part is too wet for them to start in. You oh. want to you want to use a soil that will dry out faster. Oh, okay. And the other trick I use when I'm using soil is yes, I poke it down and in, but I put two toothpicks on either side to hold it upright, and that um, way it's not shifting around. Yeah, because they keep laying down on the end. That's rocks. right. Yeah, and that's what the ha- the problem is. So nine times out of ten, I either take a couple of toothpicks on either side, build a fence, or I get chopsticks. I mean, you're okay. always getting chopsticks. Bring them home, clean them up, and use them to support them and stand them up. All right, terrific. All right, let us know. I will. Thank All you right. very much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, that's always, and there is a couple, like, but for the most part, like, if, as long as you start with a good, healthy plant to get your cuttings from. That's right. Um, enough thickness where it's actually, where the, and you need the nodes to send the you roots from. You leave that leaf node. That's where they start from. And they are meant to be a jungle creeper. But if you don't get them to stand so that they can get in there, they... They do rot away. Yeah. Um, and I was I was out at Costco yesterday in Okotoks picking up a couple things, and I met one of the cashiers. She she seen my spruced up jacket, and she came and grabbed my card and says, it is you. So uh, <laughs> we met uh, at uh, Costco. She has a question, Kath. Um, would you suggest starting all the seeds on top of a fridge away from a window? I'm wondering if all the seeds I tried to germinate, fruits, etc., fail because I keep them by an east window. Um, no, no, the the thing that the what the fridge does it a lot of times the fridges are warm on top because that's a lot of times where the condenser right. was. Um, on some of the newer fridges, they don't have that same feature. Yes. Um, usually, light um, does help with some germination, um, but you don't want it cooking. But Either. some seeds do need bottom warmth. Yeah, and a lot and, of fruit stuff yeah, does. And a lot of the fruit fruiting things do. So feel the top of your fridge. If it feels quite warm, then you know you're going to... That's, that's just gonna, the right temperature. Yeah. Um, so if not, if you want to do a fair bit of seeding, um, one of those little plant mats are awesome. Yes. Um, sits up, your tray just sits right on top. Um, a good thick... Um, use the soil, like get a good, uh, good potting soil. And I always like it two or three inches deep. Like sometimes people go a little bit too, too, not deep enough. And then the root doesn't go down far yeah. enough to get the seedling going. And it can get too warm. Like it's sort of, it's one of those deer damned. If you do damned, if you don't, then you get <laughs> too warm, too hot. Um, cause plants and when, once they get up out of the ground, you need to move them typically most of your plants. If you guys are starting to seed right now. Get them up, get them germinated, but then don't leave them there yeah, and too the, much longer after yeah. they've popped up. Because and there's ones that don't need bottom warmth, but for particularly fruiting do, and then pansies, snapdragons, bottom warmth. Yeah, and one of the things um, um, with that is I always find that people, they get left too long. So I really like yeah. to try to stress that, move them off the heat. Because I remember when we were doing a lot of our seed and we'd get them up, we'd get them germinated. But as soon as they pop up, we'd, we'd move them that day, like get them into, get the air moving, remove the cover if you did have them covered at that point. 
and uh, you get the, some air circulation. Now they, they've almost become plants, right? Right away. They, yes. They're no longer a yes. seed. Yeah, that's right. And then you slow down on the water and all that because then you can start getting the damping off and all that kind of fun stuff. And I always like to talk about uh, a lot of it I did back in the day with Gore Jensen from Sunnyside way back when. And uh, <laughs> and I always joke that he, he'd be a, he was a smoker at the time and... You know, always flick his cigarette and pretend that there was white fly. Merle, what do you got white fly in your greenhouse? <laughs> He'd flick <laughs> a couple ashes behind my back, and and uh, so it was a good time down there. So, anyways, um, where are we at now, Kath? Okay. Ten, twenty. Okay. Time for a break again. We babbled on. Or oh, I we talked too much. You yep. did. <laughs> exactly. All right. When we get back, we'll go to the phone lines. We'll chat with Kay, uh, Dale, and Leslie. And we'll get to all the text as well. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Always great, uh, great tunes provided by Brian. And the theme today, of course, is birds, as it is uh, National Bird Health Awareness Week. And uh, let's go to Kay. Good morning, Kay. Good morning. How can we help you? I have a question regarding a bamboo plant that I received as a gift. There's okay. five, five stalks of bamboo in a, in a dark vase, and it's yep. got water in it. Now, what's happening is the bottom part of the bamboo is turning yellow. Yep. And then it's getting shoots off of it, and those shoots um, are green. The leaves are green. Should I be cutting it at the joint where it's the yellow stalk has, uh, where the stalk has turned to yellow, and just reroot it? If if it is if it feels like it's gotten mushy, do you change the water in that on it? Well, you know, I don't. Uh, I got this for my daughter. She's hoping I can. I can. Um, yeah, but they do. You do need to change the water every so often. And, and okay. if it if it has rocks in the bottom, or if it's just sitting in water, you just gotta clean the vase out because you start growing fungus and stuff in there, algae. Okay. Um, so that's part of it. Is they do need to get kept fairly clean. Um, so I would probably change the water every couple of weeks, sort of thing. Okay. And, and give it a just clean the vase with a. With a one of those bottle brushes or whatever. Okay, and that's it. Just uh, yeah, and if it does rot on the bottom, I then do exactly what you said: is just cut it, um, let it callus over though before you stick it back in the water. Okay. Um. So leave it out of the water for a couple of days; it'll be fine, and then you can start sticking it back in. Okay. The rotting chlorophyll from the leaves, sometimes where it's green and it starts to go yellow, will cause it to build up a big fungus in that vase. So you really have to get in there and give it a clean out. Okay, thank you. I will do that. Thank All right. You. Okay. Yeah, they're, but they're kind of cool little plants, so they are. enjoy. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Let's go down to Dale. Good morning, Dale. Uh, thank you. Hey. I, I just had a comment about uh, magpies. Okay. They used to annoy me, <laughs> but uh, I was surprised your bird man, I believe it was last Sunday, yep. the amount of insects and slugs that they eat out of your garden, I, oh. I just couldn't believe it. Yeah, absolutely. No, and I think what would become annoying, if, and it probably most of it is our own fault, right? Or if you live in neighborhoods where maybe the neighbors or, or if garbage gets left out, scraps, and things like that, because then they they call their friends over, and all of a sudden you have twenty of them hanging out. And when they start squawking, and they then they go after your dog food, and 
and things like that. So it gets a little bit uh, hairy on them. Uh, just one other comment. Yep. I got a cat that likes to use my garden as a litter box. Yeah. Well, those magpies put the run on that cat. Oh, good. And they send that right back across the street. They just <laughs> want to see. Awesome. <laughs> That's the only comment. I yeah. enjoy your show. Thank you so much. <laughs> and you. I appreciate when you call in, Dale. You always have some different insight, which is it was, it's, it's great. I love it. Thank you. Thanks. Um, this is always a little bit different than a lot of the people. So I like That's that. That's right. It's I like it. Can't be all the same. And, and magpies uh, do eat slugs. And he and I one thing I find with Dale, he tries to find the positive out of a lot of different things. So and uh, which is it's it's good. And I'll go to one quick task. Hi, this is Jeff from Olds. We have a problem with small black bugs in all of our house plants, and we're having a hard time getting rid of them. Do you have any tips? The biggest thing with that, Jeff, is probably you're watering too much. They're called fungus gnats or fruit flies. So what you need to do is uh, hunker down and, and uh, lay off the water. Um, and you can get those little yellow strips. Um, it, um, they're called sticky fly traps, whatever. And you can just stick them into the soil. It'll attract them. They stick on there. Um, you can get pure spray green. You can do a soil drench on them. But the biggest thing is... Is really let them dry right out, and and just keep cultivate the top of the house plants. Like just get a a fork or something, and then just sort of rake the soil. Aerate. Yeah, open the soil up a bit so that the eggs that they've laid don't stay there. Yeah, you want to. And and the best the best thing I can tell you too is clean the saucers that the plants are standing in. Make sure that the area around it has been cleaned up a bit because wherever there's even a speck of dirt, they're going to lay eggs. Yeah, and it's just at this time of year we see it so a lot. I'm... It's just they get too wet. <laughs> yes, and uh, and it's really hard to get the once they get too wet. It's really hard for them to dry out. So you just want to, like I said, you want to aerate the soil and just run your fingers. Or I like to get like a little fork or something and just wring it through or like. Kath was saying earlier, a chopstick type thing. Just rake it over the top of the soil every couple of days just to loosen it up. That'll help dry. And you can even poke a bunch of holes in um, with the chopstick down deep and uh, just get the soil dry. And hopefully that will help. And let's go. We'll go to one more phone line. We'll go to Leslie. Good morning, Leslie. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. How can we help you? Um, well, first I want to say I love Brian's music. <laughs> Brian's great. <laughs> yep. It's awesome to have a little bit of a theme every Sunday. And Absolutely. His choice of music is pretty good. I love it. He's uh, he's a passionate man on the music front, so it's awesome. Yes. And your your show is already awesome, and that just, that just elevates it Thank even you. more. So I have a question. Peperomias. Yeah. Um, I have three of them. Yeah. One is a watermelon. It does fine. Um, I have other two other ones. And gen- my general rule of thumb with watering them is to let them dry out and then water yep. them. Yeah. But the lower leaves on the other two, the pep- the watermelon's fine, but the other two, they they yellow. And I'm wondering why. Why does that happen? They they tend to. They're, they're growing up. It, it might not have it in quite enough light, too. I have them in, uh, so they get morning sun. Yeah, they might. those ones might want a little bit more, because typically if they're starting to stretch up, and they, I've seen some of the pepperonia, they almost become a tree-type thing, you know what I mean? Like, they, they start shooting up, and they drop their bottom leaves quite rapidly on some of the varieties. Okay. And that, I find, is if they're going more for a little bit more light. So you might want to try to, if you can get those ones into a bit more brighter spot. So 
the one, and I don't know what variety it is, but it's it's got round leaves. It's got a red stalk or stem. Yeah. And I have moved that one around. I've had it for a couple of years now, and I have moved it in different locations to try and keep it happy. It's been that way since the day that I got it, where just two-thirds of the leaves yellow. Yeah. <laughs> So I've tried putting it in brighter light. Um, nothing seems to make it happy. <laughs> so I just don't know what. Did, have to you do. transplanted it all when you got it? Yeah, I okay. did. Yeah, yep. I just I've seen that. I know exactly what you mean. Some of them just seem to they drop the bottom leaves, and it's always from the bottom. Yes. And they're trying to form. Um, it almost like I said, like they're like they want to turn into a tree. <laughs> like, <laughs> Okay. Um, right. Any thoughts, Kath? Well, I pinch mine back. I, I tough love them a bit so that they will stay bushy. Right. And the other part of it, too, is that I'm a little bit a creature of don't water it. Like, let it go dry. Which between, I do. I yeah. do. I let it go totally dry. You can hear it screaming in the night for yeah, water. Pretty much. Yeah. It's like totally <laughs> super like dried out. So I, I do that. Um, and then I water it and I don't like, I've got two of them that are doing the same one. One I believe is called a pixie, but it's flowering. So it must be kind of happy. Um, and then the other one with the red stems, um, I don't know what variety that and is. It has the shinier leaf, right? Um, I wouldn't say it's shine. It's not like a succulent type. It's got a kind of a rounder type okay. with kind of veins through it, let's say. Yeah. Um, and I don't, don't know what kind, but it's got the red stems, like tall sort of red stems with roundish type leaves on it. Can you, if you, if you're able to text us a picture after yep. and then we can, we'll comment on the picture yep. if you send it to the There's text so line. There's so many peperomias, yeah. it's really hard to yes. put a finger on which one this so is. So if you send us a picture, we might be able to help you out, have a look at that. Okay, I will do that. And awesome. I've cut off a lot of the yellow because two thirds of it were... Yeah, no, the that's the best thing yellow. to do. But and then take it right off at the stem. But I see it at our store too. I see them like if we have ones that haven't sold or something, you get a couple of them that stick around, and they they like to be planted up, and they just keep growing up, and they keep losing their lower leaves. Okay. So, all right. Send us a quick picture. Okay, I'll do that. Thank you very much. Thanks, Leslie. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye bye. All right, so we're gonna take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. I'm here with Cass Smythe, and we're going to go to the phone line. We're going to chat with Dwight. Good morning, Dwight. Hey, Cass. Hey, Merle. How's it going? Pretty good. Good, good. good. How are you doing? Good, good. Uh, your texture had a question, and uh, yeah. there's a few problems. There's a few problems with that. Okay, fill us in a little bit. And we're okay, talking, well, uh, he was asking about growing cannabis outside. Yeah, bring them outside. The problem is, one problem is they're aphid magnets. Okay. And what happens is aphids lay millions of eggs on them. Okay. And, uh, you know, not so much spider mites or whatever, but the aphids are a problem. And the other thing is, especially once they start to flower a little bit, they get really sticky. Uh, So, yeah, and you'll be bringing that in the house. Yeah, and Um, then obviously if you're growing it, if you want to smoke it, you don't want to be spraying too much stuff on it. Um, no. And I wonder how the Pure Spray Green, because it's a pharmaceutical-grade mineral oil, and they probably love the buds, wouldn't they? Like, if you get them to... But what about the lighting and stuff like that to get them to go outside? No, they, they love it outside. And, like, from experience, a friend of mine was doing that last summer. Yeah. And he had he had his plants outside almost every day. Yeah. 
Um, but like I said, he brought him in the house, and then all of a sudden he had a million aphids in the house, and and they just the little ones when they when they popped they they just ate the plant and, and just ruined everything. Oh, okay. So they're they're a bug magnet. Yeah, well, aphids especially. And then, of course, the other thing is if you forget them outside, um, our evenings or like our nights here in, in this area get down around 65 degrees, 60 degrees sometimes. Yeah. And then that'll stress the plant. And what will happen is if you stress the plant by letting it get cold even once, it'll turn it into a hermaphrodite. Oh, okay. And it'll get male organs. And then it'll self-pollinate. And you'll have no flowers, like very little. Ah, yeah. so it turns That's, it into a male if it gets too cold. Yeah, it'll stress it. Like you can stress a plant even if you have light leaks, and if, say if you got a grow tent or whatever. Yeah. And you turn on your lights inside the room, and you know you don't realize there's a leak. Just having that light when it's not supposed to get it will stress the plant into a hermaphrodite state. Huh. And then the other thing is, if it does turn into hermaphrodite, I mean, there's there's still a stigma because of the price of it, right? Yeah. So, I mean, people aren't going to be putting their plants outside or on the deck or whatever for a long time until the price comes down so that it's, you know... Yes. Because you, know, you don't want to advertise what you're doing right now because no. of the price. Like, if you've got a if you've got a fully flowered out plant sitting on your deck, yeah. you're, you're probably looking at about 100, well, 80 to 100 grams. Yeah. And I know the dispensary is 10 or $20 a gram. Yeah, no, that's you know, a lot of money. Well, yeah, I mean, plant my girl legs and walk away. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like should, We'd be raiding gardens when I was a kid, but we were going yeah. after carrots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're still doing that. Yeah, just a little bit of a different type of raiding. All right. Well, yeah. thanks, Dwight. Yeah, no worries. Appreciate it. Thanks, Bye buddy. Bye-bye. Not too funny. Um, we got time for one more here with Joyce. Good morning, Joyce. Good morning, Merlin. Gas, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've got an idea for your little bugs. Okay. How about the old-fashioned fly sticker? Yeah, no, and that's uh, <laughs> I'd mentioned uh, those yellow stick. Yes, those um, two. They're they're in that same those other ones they look like the coiled toffee that you get at the old fashioned candy stores. But yes. be, you pull them out and they're a big sticky thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, but then I get my hair stuck in them. Yeah, they need to be closer. And I guess those would be I guess you could cut them and put them onto little sticks. They need to be right by the soil because most of those fruit flies don't. Um, venture too far off, like they stick around the soil, fly about six inches up, and then... Oh, I have mine in the kitchen window. Oh, nice. Ah. And the fruit flies are nuts on it. Yeah, I guess they would be for sure. They are. And my Hoya, finally, my daughter took a slip, and she's got it budding. Awesome. good. My my houseplants are blooming like crazy. Honestly, they have... uh, my my Easter cactus or Christmas cactus, uh, it is in full bloom. My lipstick plant is unbelievably right now. It looks uh, awesome. So yeah, not mine. Cool. All right. <laughs> well, thanks, mine. Joyce. Okay. Talk to you soon. Okay, bye bye. All right. We're gonna take a break, and when we get back, we'll chat with uh, Joanne about a hawthorn tree. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. How well everybody's heard about the bird. <laughs> Save the best for last on our bird day. Thanks, Brian. And he's dancing like crazy. It was his favorite one, he said. Um, got a quick text. Hi, Merle. Was going to frame a greenhouse and wrap it in a six mil construction poly. Will the proper UV 
uh, and IR full light spectrum pass through the poly, allowing proper growth. Yes, it, it, the only thing you got to watch, um, it's it can get quite hot as well. It's just a straight poly house. Um, so you might want to water down some white latex paint and uh, put a b- bit of a film on the one side just to block a little bit or a shade cloth in the real heat. Uh, make sure you have a little bit of ventilation as well. But yeah, six mil, that's what we have on our greenhouses for the most part. Um, and that lets lots of light through, but it will get quite warm in there. So you just be careful on that. All right. And let's go to Joanne. Good morning, Joanne. Good morning, Merle. It's uh, it's Joanne, and I'm just calling about a city tree that uh, we, we had planted about, oh gosh, four years ago. It's a snowball hawthorn. Yep. And uh, anyway, it gets the most beautiful white little flowers, but there's I've called the city on this. There's never a berry to replace it. Okay. And, and so the city, it came out, and um, anyway, they said that it has cedar apple rust. Yeah. And, and then they said, okay, so, and they said, maybe you should get rid of your juniper. Yeah, that's... Right by yeah, my front door. Yeah. yeah, that's the problem. Sometimes if they're right beside each other, um, you'll either get... So are you getting any globs of, looks like, pussy kind of stuff on your hawthorns or... A little bit, you know, and, and, and some of the leaves curl a little bit. Yeah, dots. It looks like there's little aphids or, or there's a, it, it used to be a little bit orange. The tree is so healthy looking. Yeah, and sometimes once it gets going with that with the juniper, like they, they have a hard time coinciding beside each other. And a lot of times on the on the junipers, you'll see big globs of, it looks like a big hunk of, I'll say for lack of a better oozing poop or something on the yeah. on the branch and it it's the same thing. It's, and it's, it's usually bright orange. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, you know, my juniper now was was planted probably seven, eight years ago. So when I go out the front door to the left is this juniper and it's like um it's uh it's a, like a Himalayan juniper, you know. Yeah. It's kind of feathery and it's about six feet high. Thirty feet from there, going right to the sidewalk is the uh you know the hawthorn yeah and so do we have to <laughs> see that's okay. quite a ways away and it, it, it but sometimes oh. it, it's an airborne spore too so yeah um you can try and um just do a really good cleanup keep an eye out on the juniper to make sure it doesn't have any of that fungus on it okay and and just spot prune it. Prune, prune out the... You'll find that after the gelatinous part is there, that it will also start to form a big lump on the branch on the juniper. And that's yeah. when they get active and they start spreading it around. Uh-huh. So, but, you know, it's like my concern is sort of the hawthorn. Because, uh, you know what? Um, the city came out and they said, you should use us. It's a cedar apple rust on that. And hmm. to fertilize and compost it. Yeah, grow. It wants to grow. I understand what they're saying. They're trying to get it, get it to grow out of it. But the biggest thing is, I don't know about composting it. I would just watch the fungus. Um, I would possibly use pure spray green, like Cass said too, is but prune out any of the affected areas. Um, I do agree with fertilizing it. I would just, on that one, I'd use a 10 15-30-15, um, higher middle number, really concentrated on the roots, and that'll help get more blooms as well. 
Okay, well, that's good. And uh, all right, well, Thank so you. I, I wondered if I should get rid of the bloom. No, of no the I just think no. if it's that far away, there are going to be junipers on uh, within eyes ah. shot all over the place. It's just something that you're going to have to keep an eye on. Okay, and thanks so much. Thank you. Bye bye. Okay, have a good day. Bye bye. All right, we have time for one more quick one. We'll go to, we'll go, oh, go to Wayne. Hey, Wayne. Hi, Merle. Um, in regards to bugs in the house, yes. One of the uh, pest control people um, sells lights, and they're they're a black light, and it's about 18 inches long, and in behind it is sticky paper, and the black light just attracts flies like crazy. We we had a building that we couldn't get rid of uh, yeah. of blue bottle flies in, and uh, because one of the fellows there decided that he wanted to raise flies for his lizards. <laughs> and uh, he put some eggs in, and the whole building filled right up with flies. But this 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 uh, special light and, and paper did a wonderful job. And it's a, a tear-off strip behind it. You can rip it off and well, really? track more. Yeah. Huh. I'll have to look into that and yeah. see if they're available. And uh, so appreciate that, Wayne. No problem. Thanks, bud. Yeah, have a great weekend. Bye-bye. And one other quick one um, for fungus gnats that a lot of people are having problems with. Um, Dwight had mentioned doing one tablespoon of hydrogen peroxide to one liter of water sprayed in the dirt because the hydrogen, it feeds the roots with extra oxygen molecule. That's right, and gets rid of the air, you know, the... And helps get it breathing again. Breathing again. All right. Thanks for everybody who participated today. Thanks, Kath. Thanks, Brian. Um, Great show, and... Till next week, we'll talk to you then on 770 CHQR.